Hello, welcome to Diminishing Returns. It is now October, the spookiest month of the year. Ooh. And uh, we're doing quite a bit of, of horror stuff like we did last year. Not on purpose, just because there's a load of horror films coming out that we're tying our episodes into. Uh, the first of which is this new Halloween film that they've made. Um, mm. So we're doing Halloween, which might be weird because we have already done Halloween. But last time, yeah. uh, Alan and I had only watched like the first two or three, and it was kind of Calvin uh, talking us through them. So what we've done is we've gone back and watched all of them. Uh, not not the remakes, but all the mm-hmm. proper ones. <laughs> the original ones. Yeah, and so we're, we're kind of eschewing the first film today yeah. and looking at the sequels. We're not going to deal with the third one either. Yeah. So we dealt with that two years ago. Still available on dimreturns.com. Nice to, to have you listening, listener. Uh, my name's mm-hmm. Sol. Uh, that other guy there is Alan that you've been listening Hello. to. Hello. And instead of Calvin, in lieu of Calvin, this week we are joined by the... John Wayne. Scott. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was trying to be funny and say Sam Hain, but I ended up saying John Wayne. So there was too much pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, my name was Scott Chambers. Uh, Long time fan, first time uh, guest. And uh, after watching all the Halloween sequels, I decided to change my name by Deepole to Sam Hain. <laughs> just, just to be oh. a constant, constant reminder never to watch these films ever again. <laughs> So we went to uni with Scott, that's how we know him. But part of me was just going to be like, we're joined by the writer, uh, writer of such BBC content as, and list some of his stuff, because Scott's done, <laughs> produced, like, written work. He's, he's, well, that's, um... I could have, I could have even introduced him as my writing partner, which would have sounded very, very snazzy. <laughs> bit of a, bit of a stretch, that, to be honest, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so flattered. YouTuber Calvin Dyson. <laughs> Okay, so... Halloween. So we have already dealt with, in a previous episode, Halloween, 1978. Yeah. And we kind of touched on Halloween 2. Do you want to talk about Halloween 2 a little bit? Yeah. Well, I mean, should we should we very, very, very briefly touch on the first one again? We have already done it, mm-hmm. but I rewatched it just to contextualise all these sequels that I'd never seen before. What did we say last time, Alan? I think we both said it was all right. It's a sort of yeah, it's all right, and um, it's sort of a serial, not a serial killer, um, a slasher film disguised as horror. I mean, he is a serial killer. Yeah, you know that's wrong. not the that's not the film genre though. So it's a slasher film disguised as a horror. It's a slasher what film do you mean disguised that was just, uh, as a horror. <laughs> well, it's a romantic comedy disguised as a romance. <laughs> but it's arbitrarily placed at Halloween for no reason whatsoever except marketing. So it's just a, a film where some babysitters get chased by someone with a knife, basically. Is there more than one babysitter? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we we were fairly positive about the first one, weren't we? I mean, Calvin's the yeah. real slasher fan. I'm not a fan of the genre. Alan's not a fan of horror in general. I'm, I'm hoping Scott, who's who's a horror fan, I know, I'm hoping he'll be able to bring a positive voice to the franchise. Uh, the the first film I, I really hold in high regards. I mean, I, I, watching it like recently um, has dated quite a bit, and it is regarded as the film mm. that sort of created the slasher film. I mean, if you don't take into account like Black Christmas, which came out you know a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, before that, yeah. and was and all the prototype ones that were kind of yeah, halfway like there, Peeping like Tom, Peeping Tom, yeah, and Psycho. Psycho, and stuff. Oh, jinx. yeah. 
But it is it's very much the definitive oh, this is a, a thing now, it is it? Brought it to the zeitgeist at least, I reckon. Yeah. Like Night of the Living Dead with zombies, exactly. even though there were arguably very similar I am legend type things before. Yeah. I think Halloween was the first horror film I'd watched as a kid and it was such a little sort of segue into horror because it's not that extreme but it's just got enough sort of weird sort of subtle uh, moments of horror that still sort of unnerve you but don't really, you know, make you wet the bed. So, um, yeah, I I think the Halloween film still holds it well and it holds it well because it's, obviously it's directed by John Carpenter, Mm. you know, who... Yeah, yeah. On on the rewatch, that really struck me. Um, I I can't remember if we've discussed it on the show or not, uh, but I I feel like I've been quite down on John Carpenter, despite him mm-hmm. directing one of my all-time, all-time favourite films. It's because he directs a lot of shit as well. <laughs> he has directed a lot of shit as well. So I feel like I've been, I've probably been quite down on him, but, I mean, watching this and then the sequels, it's really apparent what he brings to, to the party, you know? I think the first Halloween is very... There's a lot of artistry behind it that um, you don't typically get in the slasher genre. Um, there's a lot of really nice atmosphere... Mm. Yeah, it's surprisingly nicely shot. I was quite on board with it on the rewatch, but I kind of got bored towards the end. It just went on a bit too long. But like all things considered, to say I really don't like the slasher genre, I think Halloween's a solid, a solid film. And you know, taken on its own merits and as this kind of birth of a genre, almost. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely earned a place in the conversation yeah. when it comes to horror films. I, I see why it's held up there. I think it suffers from creating the rules in a lot of sense that when you do watch it mm. now you sort of it feels like tired cliches but they, they invented them cliches and yeah yeah i think the problem with the halloween franchise i've noticed since watching these films is that it establishes such a dark sort of um i wouldn't say po face tone but it does establish it mm. as being semi sort oh, of yeah. serious I mean, you take the compared fight... to Freddy Krueger yeah, like the... rapping with the fat boys, <laughs> you don't get any of that, bitch. Like if you watch uh, the Friday the Thirteenth films, at least they know they're kind of sleazy slasher films. They, they... yeah. Whereas the Halloween films, they with the sequels, they they knew it was a gift and a curse. They knew if they tried to um, emulate the sort of John Carpenter tone, that um, they'll never quite hold a candle to it. But at the same time, they knew that. If they didn't try to take it any new direction, mm. it's gonna sort of turn out stale and like crap. And that's the mm. problem with these sort of Halloween films. It's like I kind of wish that they did just get a little bit fucking too stupid and silly. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'd never watched any of these sequels before um, until very recently. Going through them over the space of a, a week or two for this podcast, and by the end of it, I was just wishing we were doing something like Nightmare on Elm Street, something a bit more. I mean, I don't even like Nightmare on Elm Street either. Yeah, but... shit as well. But we did, like, we did, we did Child's Play. At least there was lots to talk about there, wasn't there? Yeah. Well, it's um, it's it's funny because when I was, uh, I told my girlfriend that I was going to be a guest on the podcast. She said, "What podcast? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've never heard of it. Who are you? What are you doing in my house?" <laughs> I often I often tell that I've been listening to it. So I uh, I said, oh, they've given me a list of films uh, I can talk about, and I, I listed the films that you're going to talk about, like the Tarantino films, etc. And she said, oh, what films did you pick? And I said, oh, the I'm I'm doing the Halloween sequels. I said really excitedly, and she just looked at me and said, she said, <laughs> why? 
<laughs> and then I was like, yeah, why have I picked them? And I was like, I thought it's because I'm still like I'm I'm a child living in a man's body still. And I thought I'm I'm I've only chosen out the, them films because I used to love them growing up, and I did. It's like I was like the kid from the kids from uh, League of Gentlemen. You know how many killings is in it? You know, sin, 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 sin. Well, I've not seen that. Oh, I have. It's really good. Is it? How many killings? Seven. No, no. <laughs> The way that he does it, he kills one by gluttony, one by greedy, sexy, ugly, sleepy, dopey and bashful. Not that good. I don't like that Bradley Pitts anyway. No. Too much acting. And it was only when I started watching them that I thought, oh, these are really, I don't know, really disappointing. <laughs> so. One problem here is that for one reason or another, we, we were supposed to be recording last week and then we had to postpone, which means I watched all these films in preparation for last week. So now a week has gone by and I can't remember the differences between them. And they're all just sort of melded yeah. into one. So I'm hoping when we start talking about the details of them, it'll come back to me. On the rewatch, the, the opening scene of the first film, you're seeing it from the perspective of the killer. It's very Black Christmas again. They're walking around the house with a knife and heavy breathing and you see as they walk up to the victim and stab them and and then the big twist is you you see oh it was a little child doing it all along it's quite a quite a nice effective little twist i thought what did you um sorry uh, what did you think of the way it just sort of a lot of people don't get why he's just standing all frozen and his parents are just staring at them. What John Carpenter was trying to do there was create a thing, um, I can't remember the, the theatrical term, but on stage when a scene ends, sometimes they just freeze in the moment, and he was trying to bring that mm. cinematically. Oh, right. And a lot of people don't realise that's what he's trying, it's supposed to be like a snapshot of that moment, but people always oh. thought it was... No, I didn't get that at all. I didn't get that, <laughs> but I always thought it was kind of weird and unsettling anyway. Um, yeah, that's... I just thought that it was meant to be that the kid's kind of in this like catatonic state yeah. that he's gone into, and that's you know part of his mental illness. That's yeah, and I don't kill. think I don't think that was his intentions, but it's one of them sort of like just by having a little bit more creativity and depth to it, as I added that sort of moment there to get people sort of talking. Yeah, and that's the problem with these sequels is that they just haven't had any talented directors come on board. Yeah. Uh, that, that I mean, that's basically <laughs> my note is just that the talent uh, isn't there because it, like I say, I came away from the first one with respect for it, even if I don't massively enjoy it myself. Like it's all right. Um, there's stuff in it that I really like, but I was really quite looking forward to the sequels because I, you know, I I like when continuity becomes incredibly convoluted and films have to like dance all around it and. But yeah, so this was the first time I'd ever watched Halloween 2. Alan, you'd watched it for when we did this last time, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. It just feels lame and sequely off the bat. It's an, it's an immediate sequel. It, it it starts where the first film ends and carries on like on that same night. But it's the, it's the same. You, know, you get the sense that the director isn't a bad director, um, but it's just mm. mediocre sort of... I mean, Halloween 2 is... Um, it's not terrible, and like, I actually enjoyed the sequel more than the other sequels because it does feel like a direct sort of continuation straight on. I love how D Dr. Sam Lewis goes out to the garden and he checks the grass to see if Michael, like, like he was left any residue or anything like that. 
And then uh, <laughs> he's hiding under a blade. And he's just—he's such an ass. Like I, I love Doctor Lewis, but this the neighbor comes out and he says something like, uh, "Oh, what's going on?" Like you know, he's obviously had gunshots, and he just turns to him and he goes, "You don't know what death is," and he just fucks off into a cop car. <laughs> like I was just like, that guy, Michael Myers could literally be in that guy's house right now. Like he just left this guy in a dressing gown, so he's in quite a vulnerable state. And he just like, oh, uh, I don't know. I think it's a little bit more mean spirited in its sort of death. It's it's like they're trying to sort of up the ante. Like the bit where that kid gets hit by a car and uh, he's like, he just explodes in a fiery ball. I just thought, Christ, you know, it just, yeah. I, I don't know. That was definitely a big change between the first and second film, like more gore yeah. mm. and like just violence like that, which, which seems to be like they've missed the point of what, what made the first film work, that kind of creepy atmospheric stuff. But apparently that, like, John Carpenter was one of the writers and, like, apparently it was him who was, you know, wanted to get more gore in there, even though he wasn't oh. directing. He was involved. What I do like about um, the sequel is the subtle sort of hints to his backstory, like him just writing Sam Hain on the board is kind of weird and creepy. <laughs> That's uh, you, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the sort of, uh, I don't know, just... And I think it looks great in terms of, like, you know, I think most films shot in the 70s do because they've got that natural aesthetic. Uh, and I Yeah, that's something I don't think I've ever really mentioned on here. There, there is there, there is something about, like, grimy... Oh, no, I, I definitely mentioned it in the Black Christmas episode, thinking about it. <laughs> There's something about that kind of grimy film stock from the 70s that I really love that you get in these crappy old horror films that are just... I mean, this is from the 80s, but, you know. Guys, you you start to sound a bit like Quentin Tarantino now. I'm getting worried. <laughs> <laughs> There's something kind of dreamlike almost, um, just ethereal almost, like just not of this world about this very particular low-grade film stock that old horror films used and I, I think it creates a very specific atmosphere that's very conducive to horror films like intentionally trying to be what's the word disorientating in some way or another like don't look mm-hmm. now is one that comes to mind yeah um mm-hmm. so yeah no I, I i agree with you there there is a nice kind of dirty aesthetic to the whole thing that works although i think in a on a technical level this was a big step down from the first one in terms of how it's shot and put together and the art design and all that sort of stuff yeah some of my notes are on this uh topic actually reading them i've for some reason i've made them note even the pumpkins aren't as cool in this one (laughs) diminishing returns i guess so yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically um this is a film where they establish a bit more backstory where that Michael is actually Laurie's brother. Yeah. Uh, which is not in the first film. And so they have to kind of fudge the numbers a bit to make that work. Oh, God. See, I was worried I'd just like zoned out and missed it in the first film. It, it really kind of threw me when I was like, hang on, they're related? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was only put in in the second film, and it that's just such so lazy to reveal that he's you know that she's, she's just like I mean she's in bed for most of this film anyway, <laughs> like just sort of dreaming about exposition. It's just it's ridiculous, and that re- I found that really jarring, <laughs> and that was one of the things I marked it down for. Really, was that sort of uh, just terrible um, <laughs> reveal, and and another crucial thing at the end is that they kill him. Mm. Uh, <laughs> And not and shoot his eyeballs out, um, and then and then blow him up, which was supposed to be the end. That was like right, we've done this story now, it's done, boom. And 
they didn't stop. <laughs> they, yeah. Well, they decided to make start making Halloween anthology films. Didn't work out. Uh, we discussed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we are going to skip the third one in this episode because we've already covered it uh, with myself, Alan, and Calvin on our previous Halloween episode. Go and, go and have a listen. Because uh, I'm quite a big fan of the third one. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're just doing the Mike Myers uh, saga, aren't we? Mm-hmm. The ones because if you haven't seen them, the third one was nothing to do with the other films in terms of storyline continuity. They were going to try and make the franchise into an anthology, and then it did so badly that they just gave up on the idea. So it's just this bizarre anomaly within the franchise that doesn't make any sense. Um, but no, I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> uh, I've got I've got our ratings from uh, the previous Halloween episode. So. Uh, just to refresh everyone's memory, all three of us gave uh, the first Halloween a 7 out of 10 when we did that. And then Halloween 2, Alan, and uh, you'd seen it. Calvin had seen it. So what what would you give it now, Alan? Is your rating the same as last time? Yeah, it's a 4. Yeah, and Calvin gave it a 7. Uh, I'm going to chuck Ooh. a 3 out of 10 at it. I hate it. Fair. Scott, yeah. uh, be a bit more positive, I guess. I, I think I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to because... <laughs> If I start off so low now, I'll be in minus before I get to fucking... you got to give yourself somewhere to yeah, go. Um, I'll probably give it a 6 uh, out of 10. All right. um, just... What would you give the first one for, for context? In the context of you know how sort of instrumental it has been to horror, I'll probably give it a good 9 out of 10, to be honest. you know, Oof. I mean, as I said before... I that's fair, yeah. It's a product of its sort of time, and I mean... Yeah. I like how it sort of introduces the this the subtlety of implied supernatural. I thought that was pretty cool. It was like a mind blowing idea, you know. We this is what really annoyed me with the franchise in general was that like I kept thinking like, well, is it supernatural? Because it's not, and it doesn't make sense if it isn't. But then is it? I, I don't know. I kind of yeah. I don't know. Well, don't he know is immortal. Know. He definitely like can't kill him in the traditional ways. Yeah. Yeah. He is vulnerable, like he is sort of... It's one of the big issues I have with the slasher genre, generally speaking, um, to be perfectly honest. it I, I've spoken about this, I think, on the podcast, but certainly with Calvin, where he thinks slasher films are the best horror films because they're generally not supernatural killers. They're, they're therefore scarier because they're believable that someone might try and stab you. Whereas I just always think, yeah, but I can fight back against a guy with a knife. And in these films, repeatedly, people fight back against him. And, you know, like, sometimes they win. (laughs) So it's, I don't know, it just really, I find it hard to take it as being as scary as Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men. That's scary, and that's just a guy with a, a, yeah. So I guess it's just how it's done. But I actually watched, when I watched No Country for Old Men, the first time I watched that, the the night after, I actually had a nightmare he was stalking me. I did! And I've never had that before. I, I had the nightmare where he was stalking me. And that just goes to show how effective his character is. Like, you know, um, and like, I'm totally going off franchise, but one of the reasons I love the, the, the one of the last Friday the 13th films, like, I think it's Jason Goes to Hell, even though that film's a complete, you know, uh, piece of garbage, it's like, I like in the opening scene, they just blow up Jason with a SWAT team and like a grenade. <laughs> and it was like the most satisfying moment in cinematic history. It was just like, oh yeah, like someone's actually decided that might be, uh, you know, a plausible thing to do. Just, um, yeah. And that's, that's what I never sort of got with these sort of Halloween films is, uh, but the thing is, uh, Michael Myers, he's, he's quite sneaky in that sense, isn't he? He knows, uh, yeah. well, we can get to that when we get to the Stay film. in the shadows. Yeah. 
Very good at hiding for someone who's like seven foot tall. How tall is he? <laughs> Depends from film to film. <laughs> <laughs> um, before before we move on, I, I think we should start figuring out where, if we were the producers, where we'd put the number into the title if we were making these films. So for this one, I would do H-A-2 with Roman numerals. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's fine. You on board with good. that? Moving on. <laughs> Halloween 4. <laughs> So we've jumped forward, well, from the first film, 10 years. Um, the story goes that Michael, who was had his eyes shut out and blown up, didn't die at all, but he's been in a coma for 10 years. Yeah. Apparently healing himself because his eyes grow back. No, <laughs> no one mentions it, but it, that happens. <laughs> but he's not being tested on as a medical miracle. Also, who survived the suicidal sacrifice is Donald Pleasance, with um, some minor burns. I might as well get into it here. He's kind of a fan favourite actor, isn't he, Donald Pleasance? Mm-hmm. I like him. He's got presence. He's the, he's the mask. I mean, he's the totem of the franchise, obviously. Yeah, and like... Not, not including Michael. Maybe it was just fatigue with the franchise, but as it went on, it just really began to set, like, dawn on me that I hate him and I think he's dreadful. <laughs> I can't stand him. <laughs> do you, mean, oh, do you no. mean the character or the actor? Both. <laughs> oh, I think that's unfair, to be honest. I think um <laughs> I I think he's great and I like the fact that he is a sort of uh he's getting more and more insane with each film. It's almost like he's aware he's a, a character in a film and he just can't escape this hell that he's in. Like, well, that's, yeah, that's it. It felt like it was an actor who couldn't get into the role to me watching him. That's what I, I mean, mean. I don't know. I, I'm quite fond of Malcolm McDowell's take on the character in the remake, so maybe it's not the character, but I just. I, am I right in thinking he was like off his face drinking a lot when he was making all these? Is is that what. Yeah. I think you brought that up on the last podcast. I think I think you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I seem to remember that, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the vast majority of actors are, so yeah. I don't know if I can judge it too harshly. But... Well, no, I'm not judging him for it. I just, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out if there's an excuse for what I <laughs> saw as very bad acting throughout the film. Well, I think it's not that Donald Pleasance is acting particularly badly here. It's just that he's acting in a completely different style to the rest of the film, mm. which is very sort of soap opera actors. Mm. Yeah, kind of like really yeah, low rent maybe. shit where he's going like full on. Well, I'm a madman, so I'm going like massive googly eyes. I'm, I'm just, I'm freaking out. Like he's committing to it. But normally, I'm on board with that. If it was Nicolas Cage, I would be all over it. Do you think it's a sense of desperation, like knowing yeah. that, <laughs> knowing that he could be killed off any moment? That sort of bleeds into his acting. It's kind of like, oh, I've got to go fucking 110 percent batshit crazy to be a fan favorite. <laughs> um, um, I, I think originally Christopher Lee was going to play the part or something. I don't think he would have played it as the sort of vulnerability that sort of Donald Pleasance. Uh, yeah, I don't or, think Christopher Lee can do vulnerable. No, I just don't think he's got he, it in him. He's too much. Well, he, he he was too much of a machine. He's too sort of. Uh... Yeah. Plus, plus if if Doctor Loomis was like taller than Jason, <laughs> uh, not Jason. <laughs> if Doctor Loomis was taller than Mike Myers, I don't think it'd work <laughs> as well. He wouldn't be as scary. Mike Myers. <laughs> Groovy yeah, baby. baby. Yeah. I was wondering. I was. I, I should have set a timer. How long was that going to take until there was a Mike Myers reference? I'm Doctor Loomis. Shrek. How much do you think? That, <laughs> how much does that? How much do you think that affects Mike Myers' life when he was growing up, like as a babysitter? 
Do you think, oh, Mike, Mike Myers is coming over to babysit tonight? Well, you, you think that was bad? I went to school with someone called Mike Myers. and So he had <laughs> the killer and Austin Powers to contend with. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, speaking of acting though, I'll tell you who is good in this film and the next one is the little girl mm. who plays like the main little girl. Really great. She's screaming all over the place. She really yeah. shows yeah, fear. I think she does a really good job. Comes across like a legitimately scared child. I agree. That's Yeah. yeah. And you'd know, wouldn't you, Alan? <laughs> when I watch when I watch these films, I do get a, I get a kind of a nerve because she is kind of shit in a lot of scenes, but she looks mm. like she's genuinely terrified. That's it. In the that is act. completely it. And I'm like, what did what did what did they do to scare this kid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like in uh, in Alien when Jones the cat is screeching. It's like, oh yeah. god, he's scared <laughs> at something. I think it was fairly innocent what they actually did with the cat. I think they just held the dog up or something. When this girl was scared of dogs. Well, was was, <laughs> yeah. uh, was was Harvey Weinstein producing him at that time? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So the return of Michael Myers, the fourth one. Mm. Yeah, and it's all just kind of pointless and boring. Uh, yeah. Because you still have no motivation for Michael Myers, whatever mm. what he's doing, why he's doing it, who he is. If he's real or not, is he a ghost? Who I think, <laughs> I think this is going to be a controversial opinion, but oh. for me, this one really felt like they were coming at it with renewed energy. Like shit, right? We we've got to come, you know, we've got to relaunch this, get it up and running again. Myers is back. It, I don't know. It really felt like they'd put a bit of effort in that wasn't present in even the second one. For yeah. Me. I mean, I, I agree with I agree with you on in, at t- at times when I was watching this film. There's some really cool moments, and I was it felt like I was watching a different film. And I wish there was just more of that sort of otherworldliness about it. You know. Um, yeah. Well, one of my main notes, um, I think, is similar to what you're saying there. But I, I've made the note that I really liked how this one was shot. I just thought the the cinematography was so sort of frantic and visceral. There there was some there was some real kind of energy to to like the visuals in it and it, it did a lot to make me be more on board with it. it it really felt like someone was surprisingly really trying to make a piece of art with this film and, and that that really i just wasn't expecting it on the fourth one mm, don't think i got that from it <laughs> you can tell that he's they're incapable hands but i think it's just down to the script like that some of the exposition mm. in the, the opening scene it's no, like, i agree yeah hey you're my adopted sister but i love you okay and it's like <laughs> well you, you know talking about exposition what about that wonderfully subtle scene where the uh kids bully Jamie by shouting, <laughs> Jamie's an orphan, Jamie's an orphan. <laughs> I, love that, I love that scene so much. It was, it was a nice bit of cinematic Freud. I don't know if I'm saying it. <laughs> but I was laughing so hard at that scene. Just to follow up the, on the, what's going on in the narrative, is this little girl, Jamie, she is the daughter of Laurie Strode, that's the Jamie Lee Curtis character, who is dead, apparently. Again, I'm not sure the dates quite add up properly, but that means she's the niece of Michael Myers, and that's why Michael Myers is telepathically connected to her in some way. Yeah, right. that's something that, they that's kind right, of yeah. vaguely... <laughs> yeah, it never really makes any sense. But It's implied in the in the fourth film, at least. I thought, well, why... Is, I thought, what's the logic here? She's having nightmares, or she's seeing him. Yeah. Um, what is up with a mask? Because it's like, it's supposed to be the return of Michael Myers... And yeah. the mask is awful, but a lot of the fans hated this mask. Um, and I know that it's actually quite 
common subject amongst the, the fans of the Halloween I, is the mask. I did think it looked shit, but I just assumed that it always looked shit and I hadn't had a proper look at it yet. But <laughs> right. no, I, it, I did find it really distracting in this film. It just it, it, it looks almost like... He looks almost like a silent clown from the like the the twenties, doing oh, like, like a like a broken... like a Laurel and Hardy like, yeah. comedian. It just doesn't look right. There's something yeah, a bit too it's... like rosy cheeked about the whole. Not rosy cheeked, but like yeah, that's yeah. It, it looks too innocent in a way. It just looks like expressionless. Mm. Whereas like with the original mask, and obviously when they they've done it a little bit better in the sequels, is that the whole point of him being the shape is that they've obviously picked a mask, you know, intentionally and not in the first film, that they could bounce the light off it and, you know, create different looks yeah. with it. And with this, it's just kind of like, he sticks out like a sore thumb. That's and... it, he's so blank and clearly defined just a white face. That's a really good point, actually. The, the, in the earlier films, you never do really get quite as good a look at the face as you do here. And I think that's because they were really playing with, like, shading and stuff, but yeah. Oh, I've made two notes. I'll, I'll, I'll rattle off a positive. I really like that he just attacks that kid, Jamie. I've put his, it's like surprisingly brutal that they're willing to just have him attack a kid. She obviously won't be harmed, but like, I'm still, you know, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. So that's um, your positive no- note. <laughs> that's my positive, Attacking yeah. Children. My next note is uh, what does Michael Myers have in common with this film? Uh, he starts off pretty well, but then he, he just sort of turns to shit and just keeps going and going and going relentlessly, <laughs> and he won't stop. And everyone's trying to stop him, but it just keeps going. and It, it just, <laughs> never yeah. ends. I was going to say no good dialogue, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you one of my positive notes. Oh, I haven't got any. Never mind. <laughs> well, I've got one more, but it's it's to do with the very final moment, so I'm saving it till the end. The do you mean the desperate attempt at a twist ending to give it yes. some sense of that anything's happened here? Yeah. So spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. That's your warning. Spoilers for anyone who has seen it up until the last thirty seconds, because it doesn't that have too. any. You don't see it coming at all. There's no reason for it. Uh, the, the final <laughs> moments of the film are Jamie, the little kid who's sort of the hero of the film, really the protagonist. Um, basically recreates the opening moments from the first film where a little kid kills everyone and Dr. Loomis runs in and see that she, sees that she's like murdered um, some of the other characters and sort of cries out and he takes out a gun ready to shoot her because he <laughs> recognises, oh god, it's happening again. It's another Mike Myers. It's the exact same thing. She's just kind of snapped and she's going to become a Mike Myers again. And uh, then someone comes in and stops him shooting her because she's a kid. But now... As a standalone sequence, an idea, I love it. It's great. It is, and I forgot. I totally forgot about that ending. You know the yeah. It's great in the context of this film, where there's no setup, like really, or it's awful. It just doesn't make any sense. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, and it's so annoying because if they'd just gone back and like rewritten the script a little bit, added yeah. in a few scenes, that could have been such a great ending to this film. And and I think part of the problem is I don't think there's ever any like established stuff that suggests that Mike Myers was a normal kid and yeah. then just one day became evil and killed people. I think the idea is he was always weird and never spoke and stuff. So you know that's the sort of thing. If they'd gone back and had Doctor Loomis go, oh well, you never know. Mike Myers was he was a perfectly normal, lovely child until the age of four, and then he you know. It just uh, yeah, a bit yeah. of a bit of reworking it could have made it work. Well, even, even it... in the moments where like she's got 
like the, I mean, the ending isn't that jarring for me because in that final act where she is acting quite well, when she is really, you know, terrified, you could sort of, you know, it's, it doesn't stretch the bounds of plausibility that she has been traumatized by it. Yeah. Because uh, she's still a child at the end of the day. But, and I thought, yeah, if they would have just peppered it with more moments where she's a little bit more, like, even a slight hint of, you know, being catonic mm. and just sort of, I don't know, if, if they just made her a little bit off kilter. Well, that's, I think I think the idea is just she's got a psychic connection to Mike Myers because they're related and he's like almost possessed her. Yeah. And I think that's why it's bullshit and doesn't work. If it had been, oh, there's something running in the family here and we're going to have some hints at this to yeah. come, then it might have worked. And it's a shame because I, I think it's genuinely a scary concept. It's quite a haunting idea that this, this lovely little kid could just turn yeah. around and kill people and then what do you do like you if you know the writings on the wall is she's going to grow up to become this almost supernatural murderer and, and have more halloween sequels with her as the villain then yeah maybe you should kill her it, it's that whole yeah i mean that's what's so weird about these sequels is that i remember from just like the vhs art like i remember not seeing halloween 4 until i was a little bit uh i don't know i think i was a little bit older and then i think they sort of bypassed me the, the fourth and the fifth ones um, is that on the marketing on the posters like she features quite heavily with the knife and stuff that they was always sort of implying that she was going to sort of carry the, the, the torch over and be the new sort of killer. That was the other thing that really annoyed me. Like I mentioned earlier that um, I love it when franchises start to get incredibly convoluted with continuity and so on. I was really looking forward to a Halloween 5 with that little girl as the, the killer. <laughs> like I've grown up, I was expecting, but I thought, oh, is that what happens? Does she don the mask in the fifth one? I, I wasn't expecting that, and obviously, no, they don't do it because they don't have the balls to make something interesting. No. But, but, <laughs> but you can blame the fans for that. Yeah, it just it was such a letdown that they didn't do it. I think Halloween Four is, in terms of a sequel to bring the franchise back, I don't think it's it's I don't know it's um it's not great, but like I can see that the. You can tell it's been sort of made by money men in that sense. Like, like, like a lot like Halloween too is like they knew that they kind of messed up and disappointed a lot of people with the third film. I mean, you know what? I I think as a, a course correction for the series, as a getting the franchise back on track, I think it is actually quite a good job. Personally, I think it's better than the second film. On that note, I give this one a four out of ten. Well, uh, I was not as positive as you. I gave it a three out of ten. I mean, four out of ten is still quite damning. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, I would give it a four out of ten as well, just for for effort more than anything. Um, so with this one, I'm gonna go H four Halloween for the yeah. poster. What do you reckon? I go Halloween colon. He's alive with the IV in alive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the fifth one, yeah, I mean, all the goodwill they kind of got from me from that fourth one, straight down the toilet. Uh, <laughs> my my first note is just, this is really badly made so far. It's incoherently shot and edited, and I'm struggling to follow what's even supposed to be happening. Well, let me just tell you a little thing about when I was watching this. I was illegally streaming it from a dodgy website. For whatever reason, it was a glitch, so... It would buffer, basically, every one minute and 52 seconds, and I had to kind of refresh the page. 
Now, that means... <laughs> you had to refresh the page 60 times or so? I Every two minutes, I had to consciously make a decision to continue watching this film. <laughs> I, I just imagine the mental strength that, that is required to do that and, and worship me because I did it. I got through it. <laughs> I've made the note, I'm already bored, followed by they've trapped themselves in convoluted mythology really quickly. Um, <sighs> this is the first film where it really feels like it's struggling under the weight of its own continuity. Like, it just because just it doesn't want to commit to going with it, that's why. It's because they want to kind of undo it all. So plot-wise, this is supposed to be set a year later, it's Halloween again. The, the little girl... And then it's not immediately clear, like, oh, okay, so she, she, she killed them, foster mother, or, yeah. or did she not? Was that a dream? Because she's in some sort of home, she doesn't speak, she's traumatised. But, she, but she's nothing like the character from the previous film anymore. She is just like a different character mm. there. And she's mute from the trauma. But it's also, it seems to have been genuinely accepted by it all and sundry and the medical staff there that... She was psychologically possessed by Michael Myers, and that's why she stabbed her mother. Uh, they're all happy with that explanation. I, I've made a note. Uh, what the fuck is up with Donald Pleasance in this one? Is he off his fucking tits? He can barely walk. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. He's probably on painkillers. Like he's probably had a lot of injuries running about. Like, I, I've also, I've, I don't remember this, I've made them know what's up with that CBBC music when the police duel Oh appears. shit! Oh yeah. my god, I, I thought I fucking world. imagined it. I had to rewind <laughs> it and watch it again. All clear. Nothing above, nothing below. <laughs> what about Max? Adobe, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is not happening to me. Max! Max, <laughs> what have you done? I'm so embarrassed. It's what we're here for. Rescue cat. Fine dog. That's a job. And we love it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And it doesn't even <laughs> set them up. It's like, they're supposed to be like these bumbling <laughs> Abbott and <laughs> Costello type cops. To me, to you. <laughs> I don't know. I actually preferred Halloween 5 to Halloween 4 because it, it does go into the realms of absurdity and like just sort of... <laughs> just stupidness and it made it more entertaining to watch at least i thought well they're doing something different they're not doing it well but they're doing it different i did think genuinely the fourth film was quite well made just a bad script that had been quite well made whereas this one feels like it's thrown together by like complete amateurs my notes are just like it's hard to believe it's a studio production in a in an established franchise. It feels like some really low level stuff that should have been thrown together with no money at all. Um, maybe developing a cult following, you know, like Black Christmas, something like that. It, it's just baffling that this is, like I say, a studio product. And and also Donald Pleasance is awful. In this <laughs> one. Like, I've, I've made the note that he's one of the worst actors in the film, and that's saying something. <laughs> there is a bit right at the beginning where. We see sort of the end of the previous film again, where the police shoot the shit out of Michael Myers. He falls into some sort of abandoned mine shaft. And then, as per standard police procedure, they throw some dynamite in there. <laughs> to, uh, to yeah, kill that's him. what I would have done. They just, well, they didn't even check on his body, did they? I mean, it <laughs> just doesn't make any... Some dynamite. It's just, I mean, obviously for the sense of the sequels, but... Um, <laughs> Like, what really annoys me about horror films uh, these days, it's such a tired cliche, is that when we see the killer's sort of lair, 
And I think he has one in this film. That is, it's, it's got that typical boring. I mean, I don't want to call it boring as a disservice to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because they sort of invented, you know, the weird bones, Ed Gain style yeah. aesthetic. And they've didn't, they've just lazily done it with Michael Myers here, where he's like a weird couple of can, you know, some candles in the background, and he's got this underground. Everything's made out of skin. Yeah, rustic. Naughty. I am a naughty man. I'm sitting in my naughty room. Some bits of human skin to make into a big cocoon It's true for the cops and I'm pulling out the stops Because I am a complicated loon and Look at the jars, look at the jars, look at the things inside the jars I put some fingers there, some hair and several winkies Look at the walls, look at the walls, totally covered in crazy scrolls And from time to time I add a couple of stinkies I love the smell and the gloom of my crazy nutty room Come on over for some tables and some drinkies and it's lazy, I think. And it was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Well, you see him, you see him crawling away, and he gets away. Where at the end of the film we thought he was dead, but actually he's got away. And he goes and sort of finds this place, and there's a there's a guy living there, like this hermit guy, who sort of takes him in. And I was like, oh, they're going to do some sort of Frankenstein thing where Frankenstein meets the old yeah, that's blind thinking, man, yeah. and they they come friends. I thought they were going to do some of that, but then it's just nothing at all. It's like, oh, but that's where he was for a year in a coma. Oh, he's back. Um, there was no, it was like not used at all, it's, this, and that's just pretty symptomatic of the kind of crap writing. Yeah, just putting red yeah. X's on his calendar, just doing. <laughs> um, what did you think about that scene in the barn where it was just like there was like five fake, you know, uh, uh, is it called a cat scare? You know, when it's just like. A, you know, oh just a face. god! Yeah, there's like several of them, and I found it well, so where they, tedious. Where someone off stage, someone off camera, just throws a cat at the actor. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> there's like ten. I mean, overall in this franchise, there must be about twenty times where someone is pretending to be Michael Myers, and they're just like, oh, it's, "It's okay, baby, I'm just fooling around," you know that sort of crap. And it's just like, yeah. and, and the it's, police are about much, to shoot him, thinking it's, 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 like, those, it's a yeah, prank, like, bro. Why would you risk that? Like, and it's like it's quite a gratuitous uh, sex scene, which just sort of feels like how it's out the Friday the Thirteenth films. Like, I mean, I'm not against it, but it's just sort of. Well, I am against it. There's no point for it. You can tell it's a product of the '80s slashes. Why focus so much on these characters? If you at least with the Friday the Thirteenth films, you kind of focus on them because they're kind of obnoxious, and you know there's going to be like an inventive kill, like you know you're going to see some great yeah, practical effects. That, that was something really missing from these sequels for me because yeah. they they get so shit, and at this point you're like, all right, it is just derivative bullshit. So I was, I kept thinking like, well maybe there'll just be some fun nonsense and like some silly kills, but they they're too serious to ever get to that point. That's what I mean. They, they that's, yeah. Th- that's what I was saying about how like it's a gift and a curse, how like they've, yeah. they've had such a great platform of the the first film, but they feel like if they ever take it into a, a too silly of a direction, it's, it's yeah. not going to be a Halloween film. And like the... Mike Myers in space or, or <laughs> yeah, Freddy that's... versus Myers, like any of these things, I was like gagging well, for something stupid like that to come along and it, it just never did. Yeah, I mean, like, with the um, with these films, not even that violent, to be honest. I was like, yeah. I, I mean, like... Not by of... slasher film standards, certainly. No, like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some moments where it is a bit sort of like, you know, like the scene in Halloween 2 where he drowns her in that boiling hot bath. But I thought, oh, hang mm. on, maybe the sequels, they will up the ante each film. It'll get more and more sort of ridiculous. But at least when these moments happen, they'll be, you know, it'll be entertaining. 
yeah, it's it's shit. <laughs> like, it, like I the... yeah, I mean, <sighs> worst one for me so far. Um, mm. I like I say, this was the first one where it just felt devoid of artistry and badly made by amateurs, and I think that was a big like incomprehensibly edited shot, just just shit. Just really shit on every level. Like at least the other ones kind of had some nice shots in them, or some nice music, or something. But none of that here. Awful. What did you think about the uh, the whiplash moment? Uh, the bit where he takes off his mask and he, you know, I uh, he was some kind of single tear guy. Um, tries to get an emotional connection with him. That's the worst moment in sort of the, the whole franchise. Is he takes off his mask, you see this close up of his eye, and you just see this single tear just rolling down <laughs> his face. And I was just laughing so hard. I was just like, that is awful. Like, why? Why would they try to even like? I think they try to have this sort of weird sort of oh like he's he's still sort of human underneath. Maybe they had plans for the sequels to sort of yeah. And it's like if he is human, then he's awful, and I hate him. Kill him. Like it's yeah. <laughs> like, like that's only gonna make me like him less if you humanize him. Um, has there ever been a film that's had a character cry a single tear and it hasn't <laughs> been embarrassing for everyone involved? Because I genuinely can't think of it being like good. Yeah, it was just so melodramatic. It was just kind of like, I don't know, awful. There's a film called uh, Crybaby in which Johnny Depp, that's his thing. He, he he lets loose one single tear. Like, that's his, that's the thing that he does. That's his character trait. Is it really? That's why it's called Crybaby. I thought it was a bit deeper yeah. than that. I didn't realise it's because he does actually cry. That's bizarre. But that's that's a John Waters film, so it's But a, if he you does know, that repeatedly kind of throughout the, piss, the film, yeah, it yeah, yeah, add up it's, to... Uh, a lot of crying. It's deliberately ridiculous. Maybe he's got like <laughs> conjuvitis or something. That doesn't <laughs> anyway, yeah, I give this one a three out of ten, and that's a very, three, very or... generous three. Yeah, well, I give it a two. That's fair. I don't know for entertainment value. Where I was like, I was more entertained watching this one because it was so awful. I'd probably give it a ten out of ten, but for actual quality, <laughs> actual quality of a film, I'd give it a two out of ten. It's just garbage. <laughs> And uh, for this one, I'm going to say in the trailer, it comes up as Halloween, but then the N, like like a mirror image of the N appears, and then that like rotates around till it looks like a five. <laughs> I think it's just uh, Halloween, and then like a hand splats against the screen. <laughs> and, and then scr- scrolls down in blood, and there's five marks. Should should turn that into a turd instead of blood splat, and you've got me on board. <laughs> so the curse of Michael Myers. My f- one of my earliest notes is the neighbor character is the best thing, but like, could they not afford Thomas F. Wilson? I thought it was him. <laughs> I thought, oh, it's good. <laughs> well, my next note after that was, oh, now he's put on a suit and he's called John. What was John Goodman too expensive? Like. What? <laughs> But then obviously, obviously John Goodman was too expensive, so I mean, it doesn't work, does it? Obviously they couldn't afford him. Well, there's, there's weird little acting moments in this, because they've clearly got better actors. The writing has got much better, but like the, they seem to be a little bit... Well, yeah, my, yeah, my next note is Paul Rudd. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and really, I should have like thought up someone that Paul Rudd's similar to and gone like, Paul Rudd, what, was Owen Wilson too expensive, but... I don't know who's similar to Paul Rudd. Isn't it Paul Anthony Rudd introducing him? No, no, it's Ant-Man. <laughs> Paul Ant-Man. Yeah. Imagine introducing Paul 
Ant-Man run. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> you must have dropped it when people were saying, oh, was you in Halloween 6? Like, no, that was Paul Anthony Rudd. I've done it. I've done it down. Sorry, I'm just reading through my notes and I've written further down. Paul Rudd. Couldn't they afford Ben Stiller? <laughs> I've made a note in capitals at the end here. Just all caps. Paul Stephen Rudd. So I think it might be Paul Stephen oh, Rudd. Oh, where, where did they get Anthony from? I'm sure. Yeah, it might be Paul Stephen <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll I'll be honest with you. Like I'll, I uh, I I kind of just sort of drifted off with this one. I didn't. I don't think I fell asleep. But I think I just zoned out. Um, and my heart genuinely broke when I saw Donald Pleasant like just show up really old, and especially when he died making this film. Oh, like yeah. I, it made <laughs> me feel really him. sad. And I have you seen can't... um? Have you seen the Wicker Tree, the sequel to the Wicker Man? There's a scene where they got uh, Christopher Lee back. And I mean that is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. He's on like really bad green screen because he obviously couldn't like leave his house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's that yeah. frail. Oh. And and it's just and because it's not a great film. Um. Oh my god. It's just depressing. It's like oh man, there he is. He's not got long left, and he's yeah. in this film. <laughs> so you know what he hasn't got. Uh, burns on his face anymore. <laughs> that's that's aloe vera for you, isn't it? Oh, like... <laughs> I just thought, oh, I can't be bothered with all this makeup bullshit. Well, if they can't Forget be asked it. to explain how he survived an explosion, a heart attack, and it's like... <laughs> if, if Mike Myers' eyes can grow back, I'm sure his skin can heal. Then my last note's just appalling. Yeah, I mean, my note's similarly vague, and they're just sort of... You know, soap opera acting, soap opera writing, really bad writing dialogue wise. Yeah, um, soap opera is very set up accurate, a, actually. That's, that's Paul Rudd feels like he was like should have been in a, a soap. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the whole thing's just a load of shit. This whole film. Oh, and then we haven't even talked about all the 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 weird stuff with the, the thorn, the druid. The, yeah, the yeah. That was baffled me as a Some kid. sort of cult. I, I just zoned out. I didn't even take any of the druid shit in. I mean, I literally, there's nothing in my notes about that. So yeah. I, just, I just left that, let that one go. But there's a, some sort of cult that are breeding evil. You, you know, you can tell that like this one's bad. This one's really bad. Even Calvin gave this a 3 out of 10 when we did it. <laughs> it fails on every level. It's appalling. Hated it. This came out the year before Scream did, which really... So, like, it yeah. just missed out on that wave. Well, I was going to mention that when we come to the next film. Yeah. So, before that, uh, I'm going to give this one a 2 out of 10. It's awful. Very generous. I gave it a 1. I think that's fair, yeah. I'd give it a 1 out of 10 as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and and the worst thing is I can't even I can't even find a good place to put the 6 in the title. I'm going to have to go with, like... H A L L O six E N or something, but it doesn't really work. What if it says it says Halloween and then a big ass comes into frame and a turd <laughs> comes out and it falls into the shape of a six? Just six turds fall out and it counts <laughs> like one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Scream came out the following year. The slasher genre had a a real revival and. The fallout of that is that Halloween got another sequel, and this time it had a bit of money to play with. So Halloween H2O came out. It's a fan favourite. It's called H2O. It's a clever dual meaning because obviously it's Halloween 20 years later, but also it's entirely set on water. 
So the H2O is... Oh, wait, it's not. The H2O means absolutely nothing. It's a stupid fucking title. It's called Halloween H20, sorry. Halloween... <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, I I was well aware of this film because I lived with Calvin Dyson for a few years, and like, my <laughs> God, he never shut up about fucking Halloween H two O this and Steve Miner, one of the best horror directors out there, that and Jamie Lee Curtis coming back in later life and having a career revival. Oh my God! So do you know why uh, I think he loves it so much? Can I just guess before you, you probably got to tell me the answer? Is it because? Um, is it because? Um... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mum shows up, and there's a slight sc- the the score of Psycho shows up for two seconds. <laughs> Calvin does love a, a sort of strong, perhaps even slightly masculine middle aged woman who really yeah. knows how to take charge. So yeah. that's why he likes it. Yeah, Calvin gave this one an eight out of ten when we we did Halloween Jesus a few years Christ. ago, which is the highest rating he gave to any film in the series. What? What's More than prick? the first one. So. <laughs> So I knew this one, I knew this one, my point is, I'm not just saying this to like, take shots at Calvin, my point is, this is a highly regarded film amongst Halloween fans, and so I knew that going in, I was excited to watch it, and yeah, you know, within the first few minutes, it's like, oh, this is going to be a hell of a lot more fun and easy to watch, because there's a bit of money behind it, the direction is suddenly competent again, this film's competent. In a way that it's the last good. two weren't. Oh, and there's yeah, Joseph yeah, yeah. Gordon-Levitt, so yeah, we're already yeah, off to a good start. In his hockey gear and um, introducing, I believe, is his credit. This one's um, that like they the, the rebooted it again, though. Like this, well, not again, but this is what the first time where they've they've decided to just ignore the continuity of the previous films. That really pissed but, me off, honestly. It really annoyed me. It's like I don't know. It's just. I hate when things kind of go, well, this one counts, but this one doesn't, this one doesn't, this yeah. one does. Uh, we're going to kind of reference half the plot of that one, like so fans will be like, oh, yeah, cool, but it doesn't quite add up anymore. Yeah. I hate that. It, it really aggravates me, and it seems to be becoming increasingly more common in, in filmmaking. But, um, yeah, so what this one kind of, it takes continuity from, like, the first two, is that right? The first... Yeah, and then, yeah, just the and then just two. ignores four, five, and six. Yeah, and it's not like exactly. it ignores them; it kind of because ignoring them, them and just like doing its own thing, I'm fine with. It's when it kind of retroactively undoes those other films, it winds me up. Well, it kind of it kind of implies that it does it because it's like if it, if it was just the fact that she's just been in hiding, it's they actually make reference to the fact that she has faked her own death or something yeah, like that. That's true, yeah. And it's that car crash that syncs up with the story from the other, yeah. Well, well the, apparently in the original script, I think Kevin Williamson from the Scream franchise, I don't think yeah. he, his, his story, his idea anyway, was that there was going to be some scene where did he uh, write this as well? No, I think he. I think he, he must have developed this script, but they kind of rewrote it. I think going from right. Wikipedia, which isn't the most you know reliable <laughs> source. But um, apparently, there was going to be a scene where Jamie Lee Curtis hears about Jamie uh, dying, and she froze up in uh, in the toilet. But I think if he was to sort of imply that she just gave up on her daughter for whatever reason, that it, the the audience might not warm to her. Like I mean, obviously, a lot of people could understand that. She's yeah. like, oh, I gave the kid up for adoption. Uh, so you know that yeah. she'd be safe, you know, or something, and they kind of explored that. But I think the weight of these sequels would be too much for the story that it was. It's I think it's for the best that they just retconned it with the fact that 
it does they don't count you know because mm. it got so as you say convoluted but in your in the post screen world this 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 film shows no sense of oh, that exactly i was awareness i was expecting some wits, some some clever self awareness and sassy dialogue maybe I, I was expecting something about the script to all i can say is that it 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 it's more competent than the previous ones yeah. but it's not much else, really. I... I think what it's taken from the Scream films is that it's taken their sense of actual slickness and peril in the sort of. I, don't I, th- know, the, I think the... it's taken an increased budget. Honestly, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, I that's mean. well. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, but it is. It's just some. It's just teenagers running around. That's that's what the film is. It's, yeah, but the set doesn't get a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. We never, we ne- we still don't have any motivation for the killer or any reason or rhyme to what he's doing. So we do have a we do have a strong matter. motivation for the protagonist. Like it's slightly more than just don't get killed. I suppose it's got that in its favor. It's don't get killed, but now it's personal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's with the uh, you know, it's almost like scream without the whole meta like self awareness, but. Well, yeah, that's sort that's. Of... Uh, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> that scream without any of the <laughs> clever. But yeah, that's what it is. It's basically I know what you did last summer, with, but with Michael Myers as the killer, and you've got that nostalgic sort of, you know, uh, sense to it, and it's like, it, it's good to sort of see him be used in a good way. As I mean, with the, in the, the in the sequels, he's just he's just so generic. He's he's still kind of like a, a bland sort of generic sort of character anyway. Well, I I've made the note that he is here again. Like the, my note here is that he's way less imposing. He seems less big in this film than he's ever been before. He just comes across like someone dressed up like a like a scarecrow or something. Well, what's 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 interesting about like I think the the characters of Michael Myers is, um, you know, Doctor Loomis was going on about his eyes, but when you see his eyes, they just look like human eyes. Yeah. Like it would have been so much more interesting if they did do something more interesting with that, as in like something a little bit off, unhuman. I don't know because the rose going on about like oh, I looked into his eyes and I saw nothing but pure evil. It's like when you do see him human, it's kind of like well, what did you really see? Which was so sort of dark. It would have been nice if they would have had that sort of I don't know supernatural sort of edge. Where I'm not saying contact lenses because that'd be nap. Do- but <laughs> I'm tr- trying to think of a way well, that could yeah, have done just, it. Uh, just lighting it in a way that makes it a bit, you know. Or well, never seeing them. That's what was so great about the first film is that like um... it's basically some sort of high school. Well, some sort of weird boarding school kind of nonsense. Jamie Lee Curtis, but one her son is one of the kids, so that means she's personally involved. Yeah, and then that, that's how you get they, all your sexy teens in there. Yeah, they contrive a reason that everyone has left except them and LL Cool J, <laughs> and Michael turns up and they run around for a bit. That's about it, really. <laughs> and then she fights back and and beats him. Yeah, thus rendering him not. Even slightly scary, surely, unless you're Calvin. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of satisfying that she just chops his fucking head off. I agree, no, actually, kind of... it is quite cathartic, and like yeah. her fighting back is quite fun. But I feel like yeah. it completely defangs the franchise in a yeah. way that it wasn't intended. The whole thing is just nonsense because, first of all, you see him being zipped up, zipped up in a body bag, which obviously the paramedics. Didn't bother taking his uh, 
his <laughs> mask off at yeah. any point. And also, they presumably checked that he was dead and that, yeah, yeah no, he's no, definitely no, no, dead. No, no, no. So there's Waste no way time. you can wake up in the back Waste of the van. Waste of time. There's no way someone could have survived that. <laughs> and then she she gets, she gets steals his body and goes away by taking a police man's gun out of the holster and then just going, right, I'm taking this, this ambulance. Is it that easy to take a policeman's gun and then they don't even bother following you in a police car? Oh, I think they they were. Is that what happens? They were following you. Yeah, they catch up with her towards the end. You hear the sirens coming. I I think they they are following her. Mm. She just gets a good bit of um, distance on him. Yeah, it's. it's, I mean, it is utter nonsense. And and uh, then obviously, superhuman strength does run in the family because she swipes his head off with a single blow of a blunt axe that she's found. (laughs) Clean shot. I've I've made a note here. I've made a note here. I'm fine. The bullets just grazed me. <laughs> Can you remind me what that's about? I, I can't, I'm afraid, no. Oh, God, no, it's the boyfriend. It's shot. the boyfriend. There's like a boyfriend character who gets shot, and then he comes back later and he says, I'm fine. The bullets just grazed me. That happens a lot in films. Bullets, my only weakness. <laughs> then there's a moment where she... Right, we were complaining about the um, the single tear earlier on in the previous in one of the previous films. What about the moment where he fucking reaches his arm out towards her, like, longingly? She reaches her hand out to him. What's that? <laughs> There's supposed to be some sort of emotional catching. But even though they're brother and sister, they were never raised together or anything. It's not like... Because were... when you watch it, you just think, Oh, don't. He's going to grab you and kill you. You don't think, oh, they're having a human moment. You think, it's a trick. Kill him. Yeah, everyone's thinking, don't be so fucking stupid. And you think, when I first watched that film as a kid, my idea was like, well, he's Michael Myers. He's going to get out of this and he's going to kill her. And I thought, oh, they're probably going to kill Jamie Lee Curtis off in this moment. Uh, The fact that she actually chops his head off, it's kind of like, one, it's brave for the sense that, why bring back a franchise? Yeah. If they're just going to kill him in the first film. Yeah. Um, Or the first film back after so long, after 20 years. Well, they... Um, Well... They had already planned how they were going to get out of it, hadn't they? I believe they shot the scenes at the start of the next film that kind of undo all of this at the same time as filming this. So that oh, they kind really? Of had... I've yeah, never... yeah. I, I never got that sense when I watched it. I always thought that they just sort of... In that sense, well, I, 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 I bet they made clever. it. Yeah, I bet they made it as a definitive ending um, yeah. in case they just never got case. to make any more. But they'd left the door open to make more if they wanted to, because, like I say, I think they were actually sh- they shot all that stuff to get them out of it. Mm, I mean, that is actually quite clever. But if you're going to create, seamless, yeah, because the, the way they get out of it in the next film does yeah. feel like Bullshit. a retro con. Like, how the fuck yeah. did we get out of this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, if they actually okay. planned that, it makes it a bit less acceptable. Um, how come no one can smell weed in these films? <laughs> Why? When when are they smoking weed? I can't remember. Repeatedly, like in in the first film, I think, in the second film, possibly, and then in this one, there's there's loads of scenes where like the teens are smoking a a, a joint, and so, like a parent comes in, or they're about to see a parent, and they're like, quick, quick, and they put it out and like open the window, oh, yeah. and then <laughs> and the parent that. walks in. Is like, oh no, yeah, I did notice that when they were. Oh hey, kids, how are you go? How are you doing? 
It's like, even it's like, yeah, just... they were they were smoking. I didn't think they were smoking a, a jazz cigarette. Well, even um, tobacco is fucking pungent. Yeah, as... but exactly. Tobacco yeah, they're not even smoking out of fucking... the window. Are they? They're just smoking in the room, and then like, oh, I'll just waft my hand in front of my face. That'll be that'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> one of the most like permeating, pungent, horrible smells. It like it, you can tell when people have been smoking somewhere, especially like seconds later. It's I love that. It oh <laughs> man. Anything else to add to this one, or final I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine for what it is. I mean, in the sort of scream generation, it's uh, it's a noticeable, you know, notable entry, I guess, and and it's it's flashy enough. Um, it's a huge step up from what the franchise have been doing, but I think it's also a massively wasted opportunity. Like they could have made something interesting here potentially and it isn't this is why i'm a little bit sort of i love the trailer for the new halloween film you know the one with, uh the new ones coming mm. out but it's basically halloween 40 years later yeah and i can't help but feel like this feels like it's gonna be a remake of halloween h2o pretty much in a way yeah um and like i'm i'm i think it's probably gonna turn out kind of terrible um because i now that I've watched all these, this is one of the reasons it's, why I want to do Halloween. Got good reviews, the new one. Not to completely yeah. jump ahead of ourselves, like it is meant to be good. I, I could, I, I wouldn't be remotely surprised if the new one ends up being my favorite in the entire series, frankly. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, with, I was. That's one of the reasons why I decided I'll talk about the Halloween sequels, because I was so excited to see the new one. Mm. But the more I was watching the sequels, I was thinking they're probably just going to fall into the same traps as these sequels yeah, because probably. there's no way they can really interestingly take this character. Yeah. And I think they should just sort of either have these sort of little Halloween sort of anniversary films, like every ten years, twenty <laughs> years, and maybe I'll be kind of interested. But it's just. It's... I was kind of expecting this to be my favorite of the sequels based on what I'd heard. And it's not even that. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's one of the better ones. But that really isn't saying a lot. Mm. I give it 4 out of 10. I mean, I still thought it was total shit. I gave it 2 out of 10. The fact that it was trying harder and failing yeah. does not excuse the fact that it failed. I, yeah. I think I'd be a little bit more generous and give it... Um, I mean, as a product of its time and the fact that it is completely watchable, I'd give it a 6 out of 10, to be honest. Got ourselves a, got ourselves a Calvin over here. <laughs> <laughs> But it, but it obviously did well enough to keep the ball rolling. I mean, it is highly regarded as one of the best ones, and I don't, I've always been baffled when I watch H two O. I I, th- I honestly think it's an increased budget and a few yeah, actors you recognise. Yeah, yeah. But that led very well, not very quickly, but relatively quickly to uh, Halloween eight, Resurrection. Halloween Resurrection. Res. Uh, oh, you haven't told us what you would do for Halloween H two O. All right, I would do the second L in the trailer, like flips upside down, spins round, so it looks like a seven, and then that's how it appears on the poster, like Howl Seven Oween. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Halloween Resurrection. Now this is what I expect from a post scream. Yeah. Reboot and... meta take on it. Now that's not to say it's good. But it at least feels like it's trying to do something a little bit different yeah. and, and change the nature of it. People like hate this one, and I think it's generally regarded as, as one of the worst of the entire run. I, I think this might be my favourite of the sequels. I think I'd probably say the same. It's not by much, but... It's not a good film at all. It's not a high bar. Yeah, no, that's it. It's <laughs> a very low bar. But this one has 
an interesting premise that's not just Mike Myers sh- shows up and kills people. Mm-hmm. It has a sense of humour about what it's doing. Like, it's got its tongue-in-cheek very firmly in a lot of scenes. It's kind of playing with people being killed and characters not realised. Like, it, it, there is a sense of irony to the whole thing. You've got um, Buster Rhymes in there, just going pure comedy performance. Uh, not necessarily good comedy performance, but again, I don't know, it's just... It works. This is what I kind of expected from all of these films, and it's the only one that delivers anything like a fun, silly sequel with, you know, slasher nonsense. That's kind of what I've, I'm here for. And, and I mean, there's a scene early on where Mike Myers just walks straight through a door chasing someone, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, I feel I feel bad for not properly watching this film now. Like I was just I think I was cooking scrambled egg on toast when it was on. I was I was so like the Halloween fa- Halloween fatigue kicked in at the fourth film. So yeah. like um yeah, I, I don't know if he was watching the same film. I, yeah. I I really thought it was just I hated Buster Rhymes in this film. I <laughs> and it was like I could tell it was like well, it's always been a common thing that like, in the you late night. You know what it was? The the bit that I loved is. Uh... Is it Buster Rhymes has the the mask on and he's pretending to be Michael Myers before they know Mike Myers is <laughs> yeah. actually there? And there's like a really extended scene when he runs into Mike Myers and he's just like berating him. Oh shit, man! Charlie, where the fuck you been at, man? Don't you know we've been looking all over this motherfucker for you? And why the hell you dressed like me anyway? I ain't paying you to be Michael Myers. I'm playing Michael Myers. If them kids come around and see us dressed up in the same shit, you're going to ruin the whole effect. Ah, damn it. What the hell is wrong with you? I said, what you looking at me like that for? Huh? You don't get it? You don't get it? Your shit ain't working up there or something? You need to take your ass in the back of the garage with Nora. That's your job. Go back there with Nora and help her ass out. Go do your job. I left the back door unlocked for your ass to go out the back into the garage. That's what I did. You need to get the hell out of here. Go ahead, scoop, skedaddle. Get the fuck out of Dodge. God damn. What the hell somebody gotta do to get a little decent help up in this motherfucker? Oh, honestly, it's, <laughs> it is... It's part of that legacy of just having hip hop stars in horror films, yeah. which I fucking hate. I know. I'm not it's doing awful, anything interesting it, but... with it. It's like Leprechaun in the Hood. It's like, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I'm probably sounding racist by just connecting them dots there. No, like... no, no. It's a, it's a thing. See, I haven't got a problem with Buster Rhymes. I think he's. I think he's one of the best characters. Yeah, I think he's one of the best. So at least he's good. All the rest of the actors are just bland, shitty actors. Oh so yeah, at he least stands he's... out, but he's, yeah. he's like he's just. You can tell he's obviously um, thinking it's his big break because I've not seen any other <laughs> films. Like, and uh, he's I mean, yeah, he's got a, some level of sort of charisma to him, I guess. And but the fact that he they turn him into this sort of like uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Like he doesn't even have any vulnerabilities. Like he karate kicks him into some sort of like. It's I like, love that. Who would, who would kill Michael Myers? Like Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes <laughs> I loved it. We'll we'll have we'll have Fifty Cent get shot by Freddy Krueger. Oh in, like, man! Like, <laughs> yeah. I really hated the reality TV aspects to it. Like 
I know that was the big thing back then, the, the found footage. Well, I, I, I've made the note, this is the most 90s movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and I it think... even come out in the 90s. No, it's I know. It's 2002. <laughs> but it is the most 90s film I've ever seen. It, it was a few years behind the curve, but I mean, I think that reality TV is part of that. The, the whole, oh, look, we're filming stuff on cameras like the Blair Witch Project. Uh... <laughs> but like... The thing is, I think they've missed the point of the, the found footage. Yeah, film. completely. Found footage scary completely. Is... It's like shitty low-res footage that they can't even, like, do a scene in. They just cut to occasionally. It's like if you're behind the camera, you're viewing what they're viewing as it's in live action. But watching someone watch on a laptop... For people who haven't seen it, this one is... The premise is basically reality TV shows being set up where some kids have to, like, spend the night in the house that Mike Myers used to live in or something, and they're going to set up a load of spooky stuff to freak them out. And, and then, then they go in the like, bedroom, it's like a circle bed yeah. that revolves. It's watching... groovy, baby! Watch, watching them, watching him kill people via a webcam on a laptop screen. Yeah. And, and there's debate about if it's real or if it's staged. Yeah, what and... was the point of that? The other character that we have who's watching them, he's at a party and he's watching them, the whole party starts he, watching Because he's able to text one of them to help them. That's the... Yeah. The that was, that felt like a completely pointless... It felt like a good idea that was very wasted. Yeah, after watching the last seven films or whatever, it was at least they're doing something a bit different. That's exactly yeah, how I felt. I get, yeah, yeah. yeah I, get, I get what you're saying. Um... What what's the deal with that peeping tom ripoff scene where yeah. they have a sharp? I, I was going to call it a homage, but it's like no, that's just a straight up ripoff of what they do in that. Yeah, he's, in that inexplicably, film. the cameraman's got a really sharp tripod, and <laughs> then Mike Myers picks it up and stabs him with it whilst filming him. That's what I think. I thought I bet he stabs someone in a shower later. That's going to come up next in the next scene. I thought he was going to do like a scream esque. Horror run through all the, every film. all the history of horror with Mike Yeah, Myers. just do them all. <laughs> Groovy, baby. <laughs> every time you say. Um, now, the other thing I notice in this film, which I think is dated particularly badly, a lot of sexual harassment. Were you alright with that? Uh, I mean, it was there, wasn't it? <laughs> but there's so, there's so much of it in this, that it, and it's just sort of painted as normal hijinks. And the most annoying thing is that one of the women who's just getting harassed by this guy and she just tells him to piss off, eventually sort of goes, oh, come on then, let's shag. They, they have a quick <laughs> to-do in the basement or whatever. Well, it was produced by a Weinstein, wasn't it? <laughs> I, th- I think it's just really bad writing in general. Yeah. I think it's, it's written by someone who's never spoken to, you know, anyone under the age of 20 um, <laughs> or, you know, anyone who's... Not even when they themselves were under the age of 20. Yeah. <laughs> They only, they only spoke to adults when they were a kid. And then the fantasy element of the film is when they they let go along with it, and then you get laid. That that's the bit that never happened. Yeah, it was just I just found it sort of like the deaths wasn't even that inventive. Like a lot of you know a lot of these films, um, I thought they were more was, inventive than most of the franchise. I, the, with these Halloween films, they always try to have them a bit sort of they're not that realistic that it would happen in that sense. But yeah, it's um. It's uh, it's garbage. <laughs> so, any anything else on that film? We give ratings. It's a four out of ten from me. If, uh, if we are, yeah, I give it a four as well, actually. Which is, yeah, I think my sort of top sequel ranking. Yeah, it's definitely my um, favourite of the sequels. I'll I'll die on I'd, that hill. I I'd, I'd give it a, a 
two out of ten, to be honest. Um. <laughs> well, here's something to round this off. Uh, I just looked at Buster Rhymes, and apparently his real name is Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. So, so let's just leave it there. <laughs> but yeah, there there is of course another one coming out, Halloween Nine, I guess now, just called yes. Halloween. Halloween H four O. The the most interesting thing about this is the the people behind it. Well, is, exactly. Um, That's why I kind of am interested in this one. Uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Yeah. The people who brought you things like Your Highness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, wise wizard. Not so fast. First, you must answer a riddle. What journey be long and twisted and sensitive at hand? To what end must man go to discover the depths of his ecstasy? Think hard, strong warriors. <laughs> Fuck, I know this. Ooh. I've got it. You want us to twist what is long with our sensitive hands? He wants us to jerk him off. I mean, uh, David Gordon Green is, you know, a serious director uh, when he wants to be. He made a film called Joe that was very well received. I thought it was shite, but uh, I mean, he's bound and downs good. It does make me hopeful that they might have a sense of humour about it. Yeah. Well, this is what I've heard. They said they were going to take it deadly seriously and do it justice and not make it a comedy. But then the reviews I've glanced at suggest that that was bullshit and they couldn't help themselves from making jokes because they're just (laughs) inherently funny people, I guess. Which, you know, makes sense. If it it comes naturally to what you're doing, then yeah. We're in the the era, though, of the Marvel films, which... I mean, Marvel do it well because they've always established it, but I don't know if you've, you know, like The Last Jedi and stuff, it's getting popular now to put Marvel-type humour into films, and I think there's a sort of... Oh, there's a real I mean, backlash it... against it. I Personally, I, I yeah. don't have a problem By at me, all. I, particularly. I quite enjoy it, but um, <laughs> it's one of the reasons everyone hates the new Predator film, is that it's got allegedly Marvel-style humour in it. I, I, I don't know if I'd agree with that personally, but it certainly has a sense of humour about itself. I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves with future Predator talk as well, but I I feel like those reviews completely miss that the first film also had a very real sense of humour about itself. Yeah, yeah self-awareness. <laughs> um, but yeah, like with, with Halloween, it's been such a po-faced, humourless affair throughout the franchise. That's probably, that, probably a good thing. That, yeah, it would be really kind of I, I could see that being really jarring and not something you want, having a sense of humour in the... They're ignoring the sequels and making a Halloween 2, essentially, is what they're trying to make, but also ignoring what happens at the end of Halloween uh, originally. Oh, really? <laughs> That's what it seems to suggest here. Yeah, they're not even... Like, even in the trailer, they they, they say, oh, well, um, isn't Michael Myers' sister? It's like, oh, no, that's someone, something that made up. Which I find really bizarre because I could easily buy the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis or Laurie Strode is these is taking the events after what happened at Halloween 2. You know, the fact that they're ignoring Halloween 2 as well is a bit weird. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna retcon and ignore a load of sequels, I would generally rather you ignore all of the sequels and just go back yeah, to the first yeah. film because otherwise it just confuses me a bit. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm all right with if they have That's to. That's what do I'm it. just gonna have to. Yeah. That's what I'm just gonna see it, see it as now. And um, I know. Uh, I mean, I know. So I'll be excited that Judy Greer's in it. I'm very excited about Judy Greer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, like I so said, the, the new one. It's been reviewed. It's been seen. Uh, uh, 
Toronto, I think, Toronto International Film Festival, they screened it, and it's got uh, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes at the minute, with, like, mm. that's with 50-plus reviews, so mm. I think it probably is quite good. But, I mean, but there really is nowhere to go with the series if you just carry on down that same route, I would have thought. He'd, ha- he'd have to show up in a, in a on a mobility scooter <laughs> or just, like... Just made up of just different plastic prosthetics and yeah. stuff because he's been like mm. shot twice or shot multiple times. This seems like if a if we... a good segue to get into pitching our own ideas for a yeah. Halloween. Yeah, should we? Should we? I mean, what would we do? Old man, old man Myers. Well, he'd only be what sixty. Yeah. Um, now I don't want to be too obvious about this, but how old is Mike Myers? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he could. <laughs> When did it come out? 79, the first one. So he would have been like a young man. He's probably in his 60s, isn't he? He must be. At least in his 60s. No, the cat, yeah, no, he's 60. He's born in well, 58. The, act- the, the, the original actor, Nick Castle, strange fact, he directed The Last uh, Starfighter. I don't know if people knew that. <laughs> um, Nick Castle, the, the original actor, he's returning for this film. So Is he? if you find out his age, huh. yeah. Or he's at least. He, at least um, in certain parts, you know, obviously they've had stunt doubles here and there, but I think they wanted to be so authentic to the original movements that he brought to it that he's. So uh, I could be wrong though. He's seventy-one, Nick Castle, according to the internet. There you are. So we know how old Michael Myers is. Then, but that's wow. not Michael Myers. Michael Myers was born in nineteen fifty-eight. That's the that's what they say in the film. But that that worries me that that they're doing stuff like that. That's like getting. Kenny Baker in to play R2-D2. It's just like, <laughs> there's no point, is there? It's just... Do you know, um, I'm going totally off topic, but wouldn't it be great if someone made a film about Kenny Baker and C-3PO's <laughs> like, working relationship? Because they hated each other. <laughs> Someone's going to do that one day. You know, it's going to oh, be... Oh, man. Of, like... they, they, you know what? That is going to be an Oscar-bait film in about 20 years. The uh, Anthony, Anthony and Kenny... Starring. It stars Peter Dinklage and Michael Sarah. That's what's going to happen, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's going to be some sort of... No, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. And then... Cumbles will uh, probably have an Oscar by then. It's going to be two people who haven't won an Oscar yet. Desperately vying well, it's, for... I mean, it's it's going to be Peter Dinklage. I mean, let's not yeah. mess about with that one. Peter Dinklage but then and... What about the guy, the guy who plays all the thin people in... Guillermo del Toro. Doug Jones, yes. That is perfect casting. No, I, I reckon it'll be like, I could see it being Simon Pegg. <laughs> Trying to become a credible actor. And Nick Frost. Nick Frost has already played a dwarf in the, Nick the Frost Snow White in the Hudson. In the role of a lifetime. <laughs> yes. I don't mean Simon Pegg is. Oh, wait, yeah. No, come on! Don't, don't, couldn't you see Simon Pegg as Anthony Daniels getting like really serious about it? Because he's a big Star Wars guy. I think he's got it in him <laughs> that he'd like yeah. to become a credible actor and win an Oscar one day. Even though, you know, <laughs> yeah, like that's the sort of passion project I could see him really getting into doing the voice. Yeah, I, I genuinely Simon Pegg, Peter Dinklage, and Anthony and Kenny. <laughs> Heartwarming tale about the, the behind the a scenes Star drama of the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, a Star Wars story. <laughs> the the list the listeners of this podcast have come to hear about Halloween are going to be seriously pissed. <laughs> that's a good well, that's a good back. Oscar bait Star Wars film we've pitched there. I'm pleased with that. Yeah, well, let's move back swiftly to the Halloween. 
Home Alone at Halloween? Is that what we're doing? Joe Pesci and Michael my, Myers. Can I tell you what? Can I tell you what my pitch is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> my my pitch is is Michael Myers is um he's getting on a bit now. He's he's you know he's seventy one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he gets up and he checks his calendar and he's like, "All oh, right, yeah, it's Halloween." So he um he goes out and he's he's driving about and he he. He crashes and he crashes into uh, like a, a camp. And then, oh. um, <laughs> w- what what happens is a nurse comes in and she checks the calendar and is like, well, where, "Where the fuck is Michael gone? Like it's it's not Halloween." And then what's happened is that he's seen a thirteen and he, th- he thought it was a thirty-one. <laughs> and uh, he was looking at it in the mirror. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then then what happens is like he's on uh, Camp Crystal Lake and then uh, Jason shows up. Uh, and then, like the uh, the the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they're having a little road trip, so they they show up as well. And then Michael Myers, he uh, he decides to um, he t- he decides to have a little nap. He's <laughs> yeah, gonna go have a little nap. Comes into his dreams, <laughs> and then like um, someone's messing about with a with a Necronomicon, and then like everyone just gets all these camp counselors get possessed by like deadites. But then someone reads a passage from the Necronomicon wrong, and then Chucky comes. I was going to say, where's Chucky? Where get him in there? <laughs> and then they all kill each other, and they all end up in hell. And then, like Pinhead from <laughs> the um, the Hellraiser film comes, and then everyone will be happy. Then the horror film fans <laughs> will be happy. That's happened. We've had our horror film universe. You know, it's ticked all the boxes. Well, Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, Leprechaun's in there. Who else could we crowbar into this fair Jigsaw. horror film? He's, yeah, the jig, he, yeah, the jig, He's in hell now because he's he's in hell now because he's dead, and he sort of is like, "I want to play a game," and they've all got to compete in hell. Oh man, I uh, would fucking win. love that! Oh my god, if <laughs> if Saw Nine was just like a load of famous horror movie slashers wake up in a, a trap room, and they have to work. And all Chucky from Child's Play has to work together with Mike Myers and. And Freddy Krueger, played by the original actors as well, to sort, <laughs> to get their way out of. Tra- oh my god, that would be amazing. That would be so good. But, um, what my original, what my original pitch was, believe it or not, that was the joke on. <laughs> um, was that it's annoyed me now because there's a film actually coming out which is going to do this. I thought it'd be funny if like uh, Michael Myers goes to like one of them Halloween horror nights places, like in Universal Studios, yeah. where they really go all out, and nobody realizes he's a killer. Like so, he's let loose on on a Halloween theme park. It's a it's a new setting at least. It's a theme park, and people are trying to solve the you know what's going on. It's it's chaotic basically. There's like some new security guard working on the theme park. It's you know it's his first night. Can there. the security guard and be played just... by a um a hip R and B star? Oh yeah, it's gonna be like Who's uh, Pharrell little, Williams, little, little fuckwit or something like that. <laughs> you know Is that what they're called. Yeah, he's got rainbow dreadlocks and tattoos on his face, and he mumbles and stuff. <laughs> That'll be him. He'll be the. Um, he'll can we be just like this, uh... can't we just get uh, Donald Glover and stuff? I was gonna say get Childish Gambino's the the big rapper these days, but he's too credible. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a bit too. Good. Um, yeah, the, yeah, just just someone someone flavor of the month at least. The, well, Eminem's yeah, just Kardashian. made a, a comeback and is relevant for the next like few weeks, and then won't be again. <laughs> I want to see Kanye West go, but Kanye West as himself going up against That's, Mike well, Myers. <laughs> what about if we if we're doing a crossover? You know they did that film that was like Rise of the 
Guardians or something, and it was like the East, the, the Easter Bunny, and uh, no, I know what you mean, but the Father, Father Christmas, Christmas and... the Easter Bunny, yeah. all these like holiday heroes hanging out. It's them, but they recruit Mike Myers for Halloween, and then he like just starts killing them. So it's a slasher film. Because they think he's like a, a cuddly Halloween mascot, and they don't realise. Yeah, it's, it's a slasher film set on the North Pole in Santa's workshop, and he's going around killing everyone who's there for Christmas. Yeah, wouldn't it be great, though, if uh, they just had Halloween Michael Myers on Christmas? I've always loved the Christmas <laughs> aesthetic. Yeah, there's not really like... a good Christmas slasher film yet, even though they've tried I mean, many Black... times. Oh, yeah, Black Christmas. Yeah. I forgot about Black Christmas. But it's Michael Myers with the mask and everything, but he's just put on a fake beard and like a red suit. <laughs> just... Alright, well, what, I, what I meant to say is they haven't really cracked the Father Christmas slasher film yet, even though they've tried many, many, many times to do an evil Santa thing. So this could Tales be it. the Crypt episode. That was pretty good by Robert Zemeckis. Did you ever see that one? Oh, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. That's as close as they've come to getting it right, I'd say. And it's only because it's in a 40-minute format it works anyway. What does it... What does he do uh, in between this different seasons? Is he just staring at a wall? <laughs> or does he just like... Yeah, the Michael Myers holiday special. We see him with his family. <laughs> He's got B. Arthur. They've already made mother. that, Alan. It's called <laughs> Shrek the Halls. <laughs> why are you killing everybody, Shrek? <laughs> why Why is Saul gone quiet with his uh, Eddie Murphy impressions? It's almost like he's embarrassed. <laughs> I I don't want to I don't want to like diminish it. But I do I don't want to I don't want to overdo it. Yeah, you want, it's you, in moderation. It's like breaking it? a dam. It's, it's in moderation. You only you only you know. If there's one thing Sol knows about, it's moderation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, shall we pack up? Uh, I've had uh, I've had a great time though. Uh, but all honestly though, thank you. It's, uh... It's um, it's been my birthday today. It's kind of sad that none of you have wished me. Happy <laughs> oh, really, um, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, it's been a great way to spend my little uh, my thirty first oh. uh, birthday. Well, everyone, um, all, all the listeners, go and wish Scott a happy birthday. Now that you've listened like, to this, and and but make sure you say from three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, I um, I've had a great time. Thank you. It's been. Oh, fun. thank you for joining us. It's been good. <laughs> Yeah, thank, thank you for you. watching those thank films. You. Yeah. <laughs> bom, bom, bom. Thanks for listening this week. As ever, please do go and rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, we are now putting our schedule together for some future months and, and thinking about including some more listener request episodes, so if you would like to request an episode topic from us, uh, we will be accepting those in the forms of iTunes reviews. Uh, what a scam. But no, seriously, um, if you want us to cover a film, or potentially even a series of films like our, our seasons where we do a trilogy of episodes uh, covering a director or something like that do go and let us know on iTunes uh, rate and review us there because we're trying to figure out what we're going to do in well I mean it won't be till probably 2019 at this point but you know plan ahead as ever go and find us on our social media Facebook.com forward slash Diminishing Returns Podcast. 
is a good place to start. Alan has been posting lots of photographs of Calvin over the last couple of weeks. Most recently, Alan has posted up a photograph of Calvin from, I believe, a Halloween party at uni, actually, where he was dressed up as James Bond, but he looks about 12 years old. So, you know, that's the sort of gold you're missing out on if you're not checking out our social media on the reg, if you're not following us and all that. Do come back next week as the horror continues here on Diminishing Returns in the lead-up to uh, Halloween, the, 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 the holiday, not the, the film. We've already done the film. Uh, next week it is... shall I tell you? Yes, I will. We're doing Suspiria. Quintessential giallo horror classic Suspiria. Suspiria.